Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to 15 Days of Festive Fear, day number nine. And I have six stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 8th of February, 2021. And story number one comes from Mike. I work as an overnight security guard for hospitals around southern Alberta, Canada, hitting up most of the rural older hospitals with a lot of history behind them. My first experience was in a small hospital that is over 100 years old and has a rich history of tending to war victims and farming accidents when it first opened up until the late 1960s. The shift I was covering was a patient watch, so that meant I sat in a dark hallway outside a mentally ill patient's room while everyone sleeps in their rooms. While I was sitting there and reading a book, out of the corner of my eye I saw a white silhouette figure gliding to the opposite end of the hallway, The moment I looked up to make sure I was sure of what I thought I saw, the figure turned the corner. After collecting my nerves, there was the sound of one of the hospital room's doors constantly opening and closing. This sound went on for 15 seconds. I sprung out of my chair to investigate to make sure I didn't miss the patient walking out of his room. And the door down the hall stopped. My patient was sound asleep in his bed and everyone else admitted in the small hospital was asleep. I opened the door to the room that was opening and closing and it was empty. There were no patients or signs of anyone being inside the room. After this creep fest, I was able to find one of the night nurses and she nonchalantly informed me that it was the little boy. The story behind the little boy is that for at least the past 30 years, a little boy has been seen by the patients and woken up by his antics but moments after seeing this little boy, the patients will pass away in their sleep. The next night, when I showed up for my shift, one of the patients down the hall from where I was sitting passed away from a heart attack in the middle of the day. Ever since that experience with this little boy, I rarely go to that hospital, but every time I do, there is always strange noises or a black shadow on the floor making its way down the hallway, followed by a chill in the air. There are so many of these stories in hospitals in general where there's these harbingers of death that reside in the hospital, whatever it might be, whether it's a little boy ghost, a little girl ghost. They're frequently ghosts of children that are seen and then that then a patient dies. There, there was a story as well about a cat in a nursing home who seemed to be able to predict the death of patients in that the cat would go and lie on their bed and then the patient would die. I'm pretty sure that was in newspapers like in the last couple of years, relatively recently. But there seems to be these, I don't know if if it's 
a warning of death or something coming to bring people to the other side if that's what you believe in I don't I really don't know but these like I think these stories in hospitals of people seeing things before their death are so common like there has to be something in them and story number two comes from Tom Sr. and Tom Jr. When my granddad was in his late 30s, probably in the early 1960s, he lived in Liverpool with my nana and my two uncles. He was walking home from a night shift early one morning at around 3am when he saw an old lady across the road. She was selling flowers and happened to be standing next to a graveyard. My granddad felt sorry for her, as she had obviously gotten confused about the time. He thought he should go over to her and let her know that she should go home. However, as he was crossing the road, he looked to see if any traffic was coming. When he looked back, he noticed that she had gone, completely disappeared. Even up to his dying day, my granddad said that there was no other way of explaining it. She had to have been a ghost. When my dad was around six or seven, he was at home with my granddad, my nana and my two uncles. It was winter and 5.30pm. They were all in the living room and my dad was leaving the room. My dad opened the door and walked into the hallway and in front of him was a tall, large, human-shaped shadow with no facial features whatsoever. He reeled back towards the door going into the living room. He told his family, I've just seen a ghost. With my uncles, who are about 10 years older than my dad, taking the mickey out of him, and singing, Woo, a ghost is going to get you. My dad forgot about it for years, until he was an adult and he went to see a psychic, and she told my dad that he can see ghosts. After that, my dad has never forgotten that evening. When I was around two or three years old, I was playing in my room with my dad in the bathroom. I was playing with my toys when my dad could hear me talking. He says that I was saying things like, Where's your mummy? And... Is your mummy dead? He came into my room and asked me what was going on and who I was talking to. I looked over into the corner of my room and then looked back at my dad and replied, Um, no one? He said this was almost as if someone was telling me not to let him know they were there. But of course there was no one in the corner of the room. I find this very odd as no other toddler I know can understand the full concept of death never mind to ask someone if their mummy was dead. Oh, I love it. I love a multi-generational story. So we've got son, dad and granddad all sharing their scary experiences. First of all, flower seller in London. Was it a time warp? Was it a time slip? We know that, or London, Liverpool rather. We know that Liverpool is a hot spot for time slips for whatever reason. So I'm going to say, I'm going to call it, it was a time slip. Second of all, if I said to my siblings that I'd seen a ghost, they would absolutely destroy me and tease me about it forever. And third of all, kids are so freaky. Just forever. They are forever freaky. I think you need to like take that as a given for every Real Life Ghost Stories episode that kids are just inevitably freaky. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And story number three comes from Claire. Before I begin, I should say that this story of mine has been read out previously in the Dark Histories podcast by the amazing Ben. So if it sounds familiar to anyone, that's probably why. So about 10 years ago when I was a teenager, my grandmother had a series of strokes and ended up in hospital. After she'd been there for a week or so, we got a call saying to get to the hospital ASAP because she didn't have long left. So I went with my parents and younger brother to say our goodbyes. When we arrived, lots of my extended family were there by her bedside and I squeezed into her cubicle with my parents and my brother. My grandmother hadn't passed yet, but was unconscious, and we'd gotten there just in time to say goodbye. My brother moved to stand closer to her, but I just stood hovering by the curtain. My sadness had turned in an instant to confusion and fear. There was something wrong with her eyes. My mum came over to me and gently pulled me towards her. I assumed she thought that I was too upset to go to my grandma myself and wanted to gently encourage me to stand beside her with the rest of the family. I moved forward, hoping that what I was seeing was some weird trick of the light and that the illusion would be broken by my moving somewhere else. But no. I stood to the left of my grandmother just a couple of feet away from her face, staring at her eyes in confusion. They were wide open and pitch black. It wasn't just that the pupils were black, it was the entire eye, both eyes. She was looking up at the ceiling with this horribly wide-eyed, glassy, pitch-black stare. She never blinked. I kept watching, telling myself that what I was seeing must be the result of the strokes, some kind of bizarre medical thing. I was there for a good two or three minutes at least trying to rationalise what I was seeing. I looked at my family, trying to gauge their reactions. They could see this too, right? As I continued to watch her, I realised that this was not a case of her eyes being bloodshot. They were pitch black. It was like two huge glossy marbles had been shoved into her eye sockets and they were bulging out of her head, no discernible pupil or iris, just shining black orbs. I left the room. Less than two minutes later, my brother came down to the waiting area to tell me that she had gone. Later on that day, I had asked my mum why grandma's eyes looked the way they did. I was hoping she'd have said some sort of medical explanation, maybe some kind of insane pupil dilation or blood clotting in the eyes, but no. She told me her eyes were closed and seemed kind of pissed off that I had brought up something so silly at such a sad time. So I asked my brother about it the next day. He seemed confused too. Apparently everything looked normal to him. I didn't tell either of them what I had seen exactly, 
just that there was something wrong with her eyes and it had scared me. And did they know what it could have been? Neither of them knew what I was talking about, and my brother also told me that her eyes were closed. I decided to drop it because I didn't want to upset them. It's something that I've vividly remembered ever since. I've thought about it often, and I've done a lot of research online, but I've found nothing that can explain what I saw. A few years ago, I even broached the topic with my mum again. I told her for the first time exactly what I saw. Again, she seemed confused and assured me that her eyes were definitely closed and that no one else had seen what I had seen. Just for a bit of context, my grandma was a staunch Catholic, the kind that went to church every Sunday and wore a crucifix around her neck. She was a really nice person and everything you would want in a grandparent. It wasn't like she was some sort of satanic Ouija enthusiast who'd invited a demon to inhabit her body before she died. She was a sweet, religious old lady who liked homemade Yorkshire puddings and spent time with her family. I have no explanation for it. I also wanted to mention something that I've heard you talk about a few times because my experience of this might be reassuring for some people. So I have hypnopompic hallucinations, which means hallucinating when waking up. Amongst some pretty disturbing hallucinations of spiders, creepy old men and my little sister holding a candle and wearing bloodied clothing while leaning over me in bed and repeatedly hissing, wake up now, wake up now. I've also hallucinated, this is no joke, a floating birthday card with a cartoon lion on it, crabs on my walls with cigarettes in their claws, a bouquet of flowers without the flowers, just the plastic wrapping and a big wheel of cheese rolling around my ceiling. So for those of you who are concerned that your hallucinations are paranormal in nature, I hope you'll be consoled by the fact that it's possible for the culprit to actually just be your brain doing some weird shit, much like mine. Unless, of course, I am being, in fact, haunted by wheels of cheese, crabs with fags and birthday cards. One last thing before I go. I never hear people talking about this really, but it's a massive fear of mine. I find the idea of being a ghost far, far more terrifying than the thought of seeing one. Imagine spending eternity walking around, completely alone, not being able to interact with anyone or anything with no end in sight. Just you and your thoughts. Until the end of time. Just as an FYI for our non-UK or Ireland listeners, uh, crabs with fags means crabs with cigarettes. Fags are cigarettes. It's a slang term for cigarettes. Not anything else. Not anything more nefarious than that. And uh, thanks for ending on that terribly existential, horrible note. Although I still think, you know what? I kind of love being alone. So I, if I'm going to be wandering around for the rest of my life, not having to talk to anybody, but still having the opportunity to annoy slash scare people. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of good with that. I don't really know what to say about the first and main body of this story about the black eyes. Like, I have no idea. I have no idea what to tell you. Like, I honestly have no comment to make on it. I don't know if any of our listeners have experienced anything like this. I know that we previously had a story about wolves where this girl was seeing wolves in her bedroom and then we got an avalanche of emails from people who had also seen wolves in their childhood or still see them now. So maybe, maybe somebody out there will listen to this and go, oh, I've experienced this too. I've never experienced, don't even know what it could be. Like, could it be hallucination caused by grief? I have absolutely no idea. And also, 
do listen to Dark Histories with the lovely Ben. I used one of his episodes for research. I think it was the Doddleston Messages. It was the first time I'd come across their podcast. And Dark Histories with Ben, really, really good recommendation. Do go and listen to it. And story number four comes from Sonia. I'm married to an Irish guy who lives in Canada with me, but we go back to Ireland often to visit his family. When we do, we always rent a remote cottage to get away from it all. On one visit in 2013, my husband, his mother, his brother and I stayed at a cottage in County Kerry. The cottage was at the end of a very long, narrow road. The closest neighbour was maybe 500 metres down the road and another about 250 metres beyond that. Then there was a cluster of houses 1.5 kilometres away. The cottage was very remote and the whole surrounding area was really spectacular. I have chronic sleep issues and I'm a very light sleeper. One night I woke up at around 4am and couldn't get back to sleep. I decided that instead of tossing and turning and waking my husband up, I would go and lie on the couch in the living room. I didn't turn on any lights or the TV and tried to be as quiet as possible so I didn't disturb my mother-in-law and brother-in-law. As I lay down on the couch, I was surprised to hear them talking in her room in low voices, in a kind of gentle conversation. Now my husband and his family are night owls, but I thought 4am was pretty late to be having a conversation. I wondered why they weren't talking in the living room. I thought maybe my brother-in-law needed the bathroom and didn't want to use the one in the hall for some reason and then maybe got to talking to his mom. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I could hear her voice and his, or at least an older female and a very quiet male voice. I looked at the bedroom doors and didn't see a light under either of them, which I thought was odd. After a while, as I listened to the voices, I debated getting up and knocking on my mother-in-law's door. But then I figured that if they wanted to chat in the middle of the night, then I should leave them be. I heard the conversation for a good 20 to 30 minutes at least, but eventually dozed off to sleep. When I woke up, all was quiet, and I marvelled that my brother-in-law was so quiet when he went back to his bedroom that I didn't wake up. In the morning over breakfast, I asked them if they couldn't sleep themselves, and told them I heard them talking while I was lying on the couch. They both looked at me, thinking, what on earth is she talking about? Both said they were asleep in their own rooms. Neither had gotten up or talked to each other. I asked if either of them left a radio on. I know for sure the TV or the radio weren't on in the living room. Both said they never used the radio and they weren't on their phones. I was definitely awake and I definitely heard a conversation. I didn't hear anything again after that night. A few months after my husband and I came home from our trip, I emailed the owner of the cottage. He used to live there with his family, but they're now living somewhere else and renting the cottage out. I told him what I experienced and asked him if they had ever encountered anything strange. They hadn't, but he told me that the cottage was rebuilt on the foundations of an older cottage that was inhabited by two brothers and their sister. Mickey, Dinny and Biddy. They lived there about 60 or 70 years ago and when they died the cottage was left to go derelict and used to shear sheep and store wool. I had other experiences in an old cottage in County Galway a few years before the episode in the Kerry Cottage. This time it was just me and my husband. 
The cottage was quite small, with an open kitchen, living room, and a bedroom off to the right. We took that one for ourselves. There was also an open loft bedroom with stairs going up to it from the living room. Once again one night I was unable to sleep and got up to lay down on the couch, which was at the foot of the stairs to the loft. As I was lying there no doubt ruminating, I heard three loud knocks above me in the loft, evenly spaced out, methodical, slow and firm. I admit I got scared and hightailed it back to the bedroom and woke my husband up. Neither was one to go up to the loft to check it out. I stayed in the bedroom for the rest of the night and didn't hear anything more. In the morning, we checked out the loft. Nothing in there could explain the knocks. I checked outside the cottage and there were no trees nearby that could have brushed up against a roof or a window or a wall. I've heard plenty of house-settling sounds and the knocks were nothing like those either. I didn't hear anything else the rest of our stay. I'm a pretty logical person, but I just can't explain what I heard both of those times. I found the voices gentle and calming, not scary at all, but the knocks did give me the willies. I'd be pretty freaked out if I heard three knocks in the middle of the night in a cottage in the wilderness of Galway. For those who aren't familiar with the geography of Ireland, both County Galway and County Kerry are in the west of Ireland. So Kerry is in the southwest and Galway's sort of just in the west. I don't know how else to describe it. But they are both counties that have amazing, rugged beauty. I mean, they are incredible places. Kerry is one of my favourite places to go to, particularly Dingle. And it is just full of history and this amazing rural amazing rural communities who have survived for years i mean it's just an incredible place and i think i would i think i would find it quite comforting hearing them having a conversation in the middle of the night i don't think i would be particularly scared either especially when their whole lives were wrapped up in that in that land and maybe it is just an echo through time three knocks though that can fuck off And story number five comes from Austin, who found this story on Reddit by a user called Let's Fly. My girlfriend and I are in a long-distance relationship. We typically take turns travelling between each other's countries, Australia and Canada. About two years ago, it was my turn to travel over to Australia to stay with her and her mom. For a bit of background, my girlfriend's room was built as an extension and add-on to their garage. So to get to it, you had to walk through their garage to get to her room. About a couple of weeks into my trip over there, I woke up at around 1am and the room was just glowing red. I looked up at the ceiling and I saw this black figure crawling through the ceiling. It moved in such an inhuman way, almost like it was breaking every one of its bones to move. I started screaming, which woke my girlfriend up, and she looked up at the ceiling and started to scream as well. Instinctively, I grabbed my pillow and whipped it at the figure. The next thing I know, everything went black and I woke up a few hours later. My girlfriend was fast asleep, so I thought it was just some weird dream. At that point, I had to go to the washroom, so I walked through the garage to try to quietly open the garage door to get into the main house. Previously, Her mom had mentioned that she was getting annoyed with us staying up late at night and going through the garage door to use the washroom. Since her mom's room was down the garage door hallway, each time we would open it, the door would click loudly and wake her up. 
So I was standing there at the garage door and I was trying to open it as quietly as possible. As I turned the handle, the door clicked and as I pushed it open, her mom started screaming at the top of her lungs. I thought it was out of rage for waking her up, so I immediately closed the door and sped back to my girlfriend's room. I climbed into bed and gently nudged her awake to tell her that her mom was screaming. She got up and went to see whether her mom was still angry to try and de-escalate the situation. About 20 minutes went by and my girlfriend came back into the room, completely silent. She asked me if I saw the room glowing red earlier, as well as the figure in the ceiling. I said yes, and she went wide-eyed and said, I thought it was just a dream too. She then said her mom wasn't screaming at me. Apparently when I opened the door, it did wake her up, but when she woke up, there was a black figure standing at the foot of her bed, and it was slowly moving towards her. She then experienced a blackout as well, and was woken up by my girlfriend checking in on her. The entire house slept with the lights on for a month after that. Well, Austin, thank you for ruining my life. I hate when you find stories like that on Reddit and you you are desperately hoping it's not true. When I find stories like that on Reddit, I, I literally am like, please don't be true. Please be somebody making this up because that is so harrowing. What did they all see? What was it coming through the ceiling? Why was the room glowing red? All of that is is not making me very happy. You know, I just, I just can't. There's so many things that you can put down to a dream and that we want to put down to a dream. But I, what did they all experience? Is it a demon? Was it some sort of alien creature? I'm not really big on demons either. You know what I mean? Like, is it a ghost? Like what? What the heck? And I love that the instant reaction was to whip a pillow at it. Here for it. I remember years and years ago watching an episode of like, I don't know, Jerry Springer or some, some other sort of problematic talk show and the guest on it I remember she had like a blurred out face and she was telling a story about how she had seen an alien she woke up and there was a creature standing at the foot of her bed and she threw a pillow at and I always it traumatised me so much I still remember it as an adult and story number six comes from Rita I'm from a small village not far from Gorey in County Wexford which is the southeast of Ireland my mother grew up on a farm that has been in my family for over 200 years My mother, her siblings and parents have witnessed many spirits there. Let me tell you some of the things that I have been told. My mother and her family would hear the hooves of horses and carts being pulled down their lane at all times during the day. The odd neigh could be heard too, and you could hear it come right down into the yard, but when you looked out the window there was nothing there. These soon became known to my family as the galloping horses. My mother said that the laneway used to be a road where the horses would carry those who died to their gravesite before and during the famine, as cutting through the farm was the quickest way at the time. One that made me afraid to look in mirrors was one my aunt told me that happened to her in the same house. She was combing her hair in the mirror in the hall on the ground floor. She looked away for a second and when she looked back there was a woman standing behind her. She turned around to find nobody there. My granddad was the most spiritual person I ever knew, and my mother follows in close second. My granddad told me a story once of him working down in the field, and he was about to call it a day, and as he exited the field he came across his friend who had lived down the road. He said he had a full conversation with him and then went on his way home. 
He ended the story saying that his friend had died the week before he met him on the lane that day. A few other stories from my granddad include a lady with long red hair standing in the corner of his room. He was never afraid and always made sure to say hi. One day he saw her watching him as he watched TV. He was sure he was seeing the future version of me as I also have long red hair and we resembled each other. She followed him to the new house him and my grandmother built when they passed the farm to my uncle. He also told one story of when he was working in the fields. It was evening and he finished for the day. He tried to leave the field but he couldn't find the exit. He walked the perimeter of the field several times to find no exit. Eventually he decided to sleep there and in the morning there was the exit where it always was and he always blames this on the fairies playing tricks. My mother is sensitive to the spiritual world also and has woken multiple times screaming as there are dark, deep shadow people grabbing her from bed or men standing above my dad while he sleeps. She has also seen children peek their heads over the edge of her bed. One such child gave her a fright as it started to slowly crawl up the bed towards her, causing her to scream the house down that night. I myself think I have been lucky to glimpse the other side, although nothing too scary. My first one was when I was around 12. I was walking down the stairs ready for school and in my parents' bedroom, which is directly across from the top of the stairs, stood an old lady, all dressed in white. But she didn't scare me. I just turned to my mam and said, I think I just saw an old lady in your room. Our house has a tendency to make some seriously spooky noises. We have heard faint footsteps downstairs, doors open and loud bangs from rooms where no one is, and from time to time you can even feel a presence of something coming into your room to turn around and see nothing there. It's the norm these days. I once stayed the night in a friend's house. We hadn't known each other very long, but we had mutual friends. Something prompted me awake at one point in the night, and looking down at me was a young man's face. But it only lasted a few seconds. Later I found out from a friend that his brother had passed away a few years before. Another time I saw something out of the ordinary was when I was at a college house. I decided to lie down before we went out that night as I had a horrible habit of falling asleep at pre-drinks. Yes, I was one of those people. I opened my eyes at some stage and the room was only getting dark. And at the end of my bed there was what looked like a figure in a yellow coat. And I thought it was my housemate as she was the only one with a coat like that. I sat up to ask why she was there and the figure turned into a silvery veil type netting that floated up to the skylight window just above my bed and disappeared. As it floated I reached for my lamp but before I could turn it on it was gone. My mother and I have felt my grandfather's presence since he passed on and you always know that he's near. Sometimes you get the urge to turn around and speak to him as if he is just sitting right there but he's been gone for 13 years this year. I visited a medium last year and she informed me that he walked into her room right behind me and has become my family's guardian angel. I do have many more stories from members of my family who have all experienced sightings and their children saying weird things. My youngest cousin who was three this year recently mentioned a hooded man who would come right up to his face which would cause him to scream and hide. I just wonder if... Like it's like I said previously, being like though that land being there for two hundred years, like lots of stuff will have happened on that land, around that land, in those houses, lots of life change and events, and especially when you had, I mean, especially during the famine where so many people died, 
and those and those pathways that bring those people to their final resting place which often was big famine burial pits you know so they often weren't the most dignified of burials so you know it's all I think it's all connected and there's so much fairy lore in all different parts of Ireland that you know I think a lot of the older generations in particular attribute a lot of their stories to fairy lore which makes sense so it sounds like you guys have a lot of creepy stuff going on but also that you're dealing with it incredibly well Thank you to Mike, Tom Sr. and Tom Jr., Claire, Sonia, Austin and Rita for sending in your stories. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.